0: Helping people is what drew me to the profession of pharmacy. Nobody wants to take medications, right? They need to take them to feel better. And people need a pharmacist who'll listen, who cares about them, and will take time to explain. Nothing's more important to me than patient care, and I'm grateful to work for a like-minded company. Actually, I don't just work here. I'm an owner, and you can be too. Come see what it's like to work for Kinney Drugs, an employee-owned, patient-centric company. It's why I became a pharmacist in the first place. KinneyDrugs.com. And
1: that right now. hello hello friends fans and people in deep parasocial love with us to tunes and tumblers by atwood magazine listening to music is more than an auditory experience Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and or mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective, so put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I want to welcome you to an unprecedented fifth new episode in a row. I haven't slept since May, and things are starting to get real weird. When I sat down at my desk to record today, I could swear that my microphone was dripping like a Salvador Dali painting, and I haven't eaten anything yet because everything in my fridge is talking. The only solution I see is to pour a cocktail, talk about some good music, and ignore the fact that I've forgotten the meaning of most words. Please mainline your caffeine responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I asked a good friend of mine to mix something to lift my spirits. And he is
2: Pedro, your mixologist.
1: And Ryan, unfortunately, is on another holiday searching for that bird in his building that won't stop clearing its throat. So we're we're giving him the day off, but he will be back. We promise he will be back. And our guest today is a songwriter, producer, and chameleonic multi-instrumentalist from Austin, Texas, who weaves an element of surprise into all his music. He got his start gigging as a guitarist in middle school and moved on to stirring up buzz and millions of streams for his songs White Lies and Adderall. He's toured alongside alt-rock heavyweights like Panic at the Disco, 21 Pilots, and AWOL Nation, and his single Good Morning, coincidentally my morning alarm song for the entirety of 2018 went on to be featured in Pepsi ads, Shameless, Grey's Anatomy, and many more. During the pandemic, he got into a niche indie app called TikTok, where he amassed 500,000 followers with a series of inventive mashups that I can't wait to talk about in addition to his vibrant, catchy new EP, Flying Machines. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Max Frost to the pod. <coughs> Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me. That was, that was an excellent I didn't, I was not prepared for how, like, this is legit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like most of the time they're like, oh yeah. So we're going to have like intros later. And, uh, you know, there's going to be like a theme song. We're still working on the theme song. It's not done. You started that thing. So I'm like, this is kind of a jam. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? We don't fuck around. This is legit.
1: That's a real band. Check them out. They're called new, new girlfriend and they make some mm-hmm. like really catchy pop music.
3: I like that song. Yeah. That was cool.
1: Mm-hmm. They're great. Yep. We stand new new girlfriend. Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't slept in a month, y'all, but at least that's given me time to absorb a ton of new music. What has everyone been listening to recently? Guess first.
3: Ooh, what have I been listening to recently? I've been on that Remy Wolf quite a bit, dude. Hell yeah. He's so fire. Like I just, you know, she's just really good. She, Mm. it's just, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just good. It's different. It's very, very different um been listening to a lot actually was digging into young the giants new record recently it's actually not super new anymore that's i'm into the age where like anything less than five years ago is like that's new to me like anything if it was within five years i'm like yeah it's the new thing i feel you it's scary but uh yeah i thought it was cool actually was looking at uh I went to the credits and noticed like this dude, Aaron that I know actually worked on like one of my favorite songs on the record that I've been jamming on my own playlist, which was cool. It made me think like, I got to call that guy up That's mm-hmm. <laughs> something. We need to, we need to get back <laughs> in touch, man. It's sick.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that record too. Yeah, I just yeah. saw them at bottle rock last year. They still got it. And my body will never not be the biggest jam
3: dude. I mean, <laughs> they're just, and they're super nice guys. They're like, they've just been in the hunt. They're like, like one of the last real rock bands, I feel like that's actually got a, you know, younger dudes that have like a career, like everything else is still kind of a pop actor. Like it isn't really a group of guys. It's like, mm-hmm. it's sort of a band, but it's really one guy who's like technically in control. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of one of the last like bands, which is, that's, I mean, dude, it's hard enough physically as a solo artist, how you, you do that as a band. That's mind blowing. You basically have to be the Rolling Stones in 2022 <laughs> to make a living yeah. if you're in a band of more than two or three people.
1: Right. Yeah. What about you, Pedro? What have you
2: had on repeat? Oh, man. Quite a few things, especially like a few things came out this week. Like I've been loving that Drake and Beyonce shit just because oh, those yeah. house vibes. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the house vibes. Uh, I, I, I live. Um, Charlie Puth also came out with a new song with uh, Jungkook and I love Charlie Puth. Um, left and right so good Trixie Mattel came out with an album and I've been dipping into that a little bit the gorillas obviously uh Cracker Island come on um and then uh I was surprised the Mars Volta came out with a new song and so I was, I was listening to cool? that they did yeah the, the Mars the Mars Volta yeah um I it I think there's going to be an album coming up um so yeah the Mars Volta are doing stuff again which is pretty fucking dope um so I've been sort of just dipping into all that shit lately
1: Wow, I, I, I love this fake feud that people have been coming up with between Drake and, and Beyonce. My favorite tweet was Drake tried to serve house and Beyonce was like, mm, that's more like apartment, baby
2: <laughs> girl.
1: <laughs> I've been loving that shit,
2: too. I saw one where it was like uh, Drake said gay and Beyonce said gayer <laughs>
3: dead. I've been loving all that. Um, yeah, shit's good. I still got to hear the song. It's weird how we're living in an age where I've seen a thousand memes about a song before I've heard a song. Yeah. You know I mean, like I've almost seen. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's it's a strange thought. It'll be like if you've seen 13 different cover art versions on something, but you still haven't seen the actual thing. You know what I mean? It's like what that is. is
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird times we're living in.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm going to bring up the rear with I was getting kind of weird the past few episodes and I'm back on my shit this week. I've been listening to an Australian pop punk quartet, obviously. Uh, They're called Stand Atlantic. They're led by this woman named Bonnie Frazier, and I just love her. The new album is called Fear, which stands for, uh, I think it's like, it's it's not quite fear, it's like fuck it and run, which is that doesn't spell fear, but I love it. <laughs> Every villain is lemons. <laughs> uh this album, it's a concept record, but not in the classic sense. It has like persistent themes of dealing with isolation, change, anxiety, and of course fear, and she wrote it in the pandemic. Um she lives she was living in England and it locked down and she was like I need to get out of here so she moved back to Australia and right when she moved England opened up and Australia locked down again so she just moved from one <laughs> quarantine to the other and she was just like oh god damn it so she went to her producer's place and just like lived in his basement for seven weeks and just wrote the whole record on an air mattress and it's honestly she wasn't sleeping on an air
2: mattress she wrote it on the air mattress yeah. she tagged his fucking air mattress <laughs> just handed it to him like
1: make this music <laughs> no Wait, what uh, the th- fuck
3: <laughs> all all music in australia is written on an air mattress that's Written like. on air- <laughs> i don't know if you know that's how that works there i've been to like sony's nice studios there's not even microphones just air mattresses and everything. air
1: mattresses
3: <laughs> you just lay there it's like a float pool place you know
1: i love it we gotta go now but yeah, this record, it's far more diverse than you would think for a pop punk record. It has a lot of trap elements. And uh, d- when, during the verses, she has like that trap cadence when it's like half rap, half singing. And uh, it, she's um, bringing on these other artists who are like blending the two, like Nothing Nowhere has this great verse on the song Death Wish. There's like some electropop elements. She does vocoder with um her voice sometimes. And there's like this almost jarring shift in styles between songs that kind of works with the theme. So anyway, Stand Atlantic, the album is called Fear. Go check it out. I love it. I've been listening to it on repeat. But yeah. Sick. As a quick reminder, every song that we mention on this show goes directly into the accompanying playlist in the episode description below and if you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat we have this much bigger and more eclectic sister playlist for this segment called yblt go on spotify search for it it stands for what have you been listening to if you see a giant sandwich floating in space that's the playlist a lot of this that we've talked about is already on there of course we got the gorilla song of course we got some remy wolf on there i actually put on some stand atlantic so go check it out it's weird and we love it and if you want your own music featured Hit us up on socials. We listen to everything that we're sent. We're not kidding. Uh, We need to show the bouncer your ID, Max. What did you bring with you today?
3: So I just came back from Mexico literally last night. And I've never seen one of these before. But this is a bass ukulele.
1: What the hell? They make... Yeah. And it's like funky. That's dope. It sounds really good. It almost really sounds like a standing bass too.
3: Oh yeah. I should mention any, anyone who plays bass out there, it's a fretless bass ukulele. I, I saw this literally just like on the street in Mexico and I was like, I'm getting one of those. I'm sure someone out there is like, I mean, dude, you can find those anywhere. I've just never, <laughs> I've never come across <laughs> one. I've never come across one. I don't think it's unique to the country, but. Yeah. That sounds dope. Mm-hmm. and if I tried to use this to get into a bar I'm pretty sure they would for sure not let me in even if I
1: was. you'd be surprised oh you'd think you could just distract the uh the the bouncer and just get in just serenade <laughs> him a little bit bring a tear to his eye
2: yeah you just play the right combination of chords and he'll fall right to sleep it's,
1: <laughs> it's one of those like lord of the rings like riddle doors where you have to play the right sound
2: <laughs> exactly
1: but you know what we're in welcome to the tunes and tumblers bar it's basically whatever you imagine since it's all been in our heads for the past two years and you know mm-hmm. what kind of fittingly so considering what we're going to be talking about today pedro ryan isn't here today do you want to tell us what we're putting on the jukebox yeah we're listening to flying machines the new ep from max frost yeah and you know we're talking about dreams today Um, just a little bit of a spoiler alert for people. And I don't know if I've truly thought about this dual meaning of that word before I really sat down with your EP, Max. On the one hand, dreams are those pieces of our subconscious that happen kind of involuntarily when we sleep. And on the other, dreams are the fantasies and goals that we choose to chase. So we got conscious, we got unconscious, and they kind of make up the whole of us. And flying machines, to me, it's this fun, whimsical, multifaceted 21-minutes that at once feels like a dream that takes you wherever it wants to go, but is still kind of determined and purposeful. You get this real sense of who you are as a pop songwriter and this journey that you went on to get here. And the hooks and songs like uh, "Head in the Clouds" and "Ringo Star," especially, I cannot stop humming that, humming that hook. It's just super undeniable. Freaking love it. But we can get into that in a minute. I still need a drink. Pedro, I'm sure you've pulled something out of a dream for us to enjoy today.
2: <laughs> I certainly tried to. Uh, Max, we are aware that you enjoy mescal. So that's where I'm starting with this. And mescal's got, yep, there it is. Um, mescal's got a very distinct flavor, very strong. It's a very strong liquor. It's delicious. Um, but I wanted to, But I also wanted to make a drink that was like, sweet and sort of up like fizzy and uplifting um so and you know adding mescal to that could really you know ground it and i didn't want to ground it too much i wanted it to be very very uh i wanted to kind of mask the mescal even to sort of give everything this fantasy there is a classic cocktail called a paper plane and so i thought that was a cool place to start um it uses aperol and i really like aperol and so i figured that would be a fun flavor to use in here so it's got mezcal, aperol Um, some, some fresh orange juice and lime just to give it that citrusy balance and sort of give it some sweetness and Ringo Starr. My favorite, uh, song that he sings with the Beatles is honey. Don't. So I added honey to this (laughs) also help like sweeten things up a lot. And then, um, I mean, you're from Texas and what is more Texan than like mescal or tequila with Topo Chico. Um, So one of our faves, I added some Topo Chico to this as well and garnished it with orange peel. Um, and I'm calling it a flying machine. And this is it right oh here. Oh my god, it's
1: beautiful. What is, what is the
2: garnish? It's an orange peel that I cut into like a little wing. Just oh my god. It. It's very sweet and the mescal is not, not very overpowering. You can definitely smell it, but it's got the little fizziness from the topo. And it's delicious and it goes down really easily. So it's dangerous, but so, so good. That's mm. your third? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to do. I had to do a round of like six of these till I got it right.
3: You had to drink each one until you got it right.
2: Mm-hmm. That's my method.
1: So I am currently in rural Colorado, and uh, there isn't really a, a mixology scene here at the 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 Comfort Inn. But I, I'll tell you what. Um, me and my coworkers walked to Seven Eleven at one in the morning the other day, and we got Ritas. <laughs> Which I've never had before. Oh, my I did, God. <laughs> I did not know. Old that, school. Yes, I did not know that you could make a margarita out of malt liquor. And um, I will say that it is certainly a choice. Don't make that face, Pedro. We drink what we can get. Cheers, everyone. I'm going to finish this whole <laughs> margarita. Oh, my God. That is heinous. <laughs> Ugh, it's a crime, truly. <laughs> Look we're going to listen to some good music. We're going to enjoy ourselves right now. And I'm just going to pretend that I'm drinking a flying machine. It's all in my head. Just like (laughs) you, you do that. (laughs) But Max, I want to talk about this EP because it's just, like I said earlier, it's just, it's so infectious. And I think that that's kind of emblematic of a lot of um, your music. And I kind of want to talk first a, a little bit about the title flying machines to me feels appropriate considering that you've, Likened the things you create chasing dreams as these fragile little airplanes that are difficult to get off the ground. Can you tell us a little bit about how this little plane of yours got off the ground? It all kind of
3: started uh, where I happen to be today in Austin, Texas. You know, I was born and raised here, and my whole musical journey kind of happened here. I um, started as a guitar player, as you kind of explained, but this was a place where, you know, you you had a lot of opportunities to jump to other instruments, to play little gigs, to play all kinds of different genres of music. I feel like Austin is a fairly undeclared city genre-wise. It isn't like New Orleans is to jazz. It's kind of like, it's pretty open-ended and you can hear a lot of different stuff. And so I think that kind of soaked into what I was doing um, as a player and and as an artist. I didn't really start stepping out from the side stage until I was maybe like 18 or 19. But how, sorry, was the question about specifically the EP or just in general?
1: Let's do in general. Let's get people to know you a little bit.
3: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I it was always, to be honest, I would first use the term dream in sort of like the floaty, that's probably not realistic way. Because when I was first really playing in bands, uh, in fact, like, here's an interesting, weird story. The place I probably played the most gigs growing up was a place called Hovita's in Austin that was off South First. I knew the family there pretty well. And uh, I played probably close to 50, maybe 100 gigs there in different bands off and on. What's crazy about that is that place actually then was busted by the FBI as like a, it was like a heroin ring. And I didn't know that.
0: Oh Um, my God.
3: And a family I knew that owned it. You know, they, they're all, you know, they're not, they're not around anymore. And it was, it was crazy. Like I used to like play chess in the back with like the main guy who was like the, turned out was the head of the Texas syndicate gang. I mean, to me, he was a really nice guy. And I, I, I missed the guy. Like I really enjoyed playing chess with him, but, mm. uh, sorry, that's beside the point, but that's like my, my, you know, that's in like, I'm like 13, 14, 15. It's like the early, the mid two mm. thousands all of all of the, the murmurs out there of like what was happening in the music business were like these heading articles in Rolling Stone that were like Rome is burning. And like, it's over. The music business is over. It's basically because we didn't see, we just saw this go like the line going down on the graph. Like we didn't see that it was going to scoop back up and level out with streaming yet. We didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I wasn't obviously a part of that. I was just a kid playing guitar, but I kind of had this sense of like, Oh, well, playing music is probably not going to be a, pretty good, very good idea at all. Like I was like, that's not going to be a way to make a living. So I'm like, well, this will just be something that I like to do. And, uh, fast forward to like my freshman year of college at UT, I, you know, kind of had loose plans. I was like an English major. I was like, yeah, I gotta have to get some kind of a job, but I found college to be pretty disappointing. And, and I didn't really, I just didn't like my reality. I guess that's maybe the best way I could put of what music is to me is something it's really just kind of been this escapist place that I go mentally, but when I, especially when I don't really care for the reality that I'm living most of the days, you know, like I didn't enjoy school very much. I really didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I fit in very well, uh, particularly at UT. And so the more that that happened, the more I was spending time just working on music. And it was, I guess, looking back, it really, it felt like I was like in my backyard making some kind of plane that, you're like well there's probably no way this will ever take flight but if it ever did i would get as far from here as i possibly can you know Mm. and that's kind of that's kind of the beginning of like what it's felt like um but the the title kind of for this particular ep kind of came like subconsciously like i was writing a song on the ep called walking on the stars and and one of the lines and it just says memories and flying machines and i was like looking back at all the lyrics i'm like i think that's probably a good title because it the the meaning of that later kind of washed up on me a little bit more. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a reference to uh, a James Taylor song called Fire and Rain, where he says sweet dreams and flying machines and pieces on the ground. Mm.
1: Oh my God. That was who are we talking to who used that same lyric in their song, Pedro? Do you remember? I do not. I might have been I might have been gone. Oh, you might have been. No, that was uh um, Max, have you ever heard of a, a British blues duo named uh Ida May?
3: Oh yeah. I think I have actually, yeah.
1: We we interviewed them last that. year, and they also like brought it back to that same James Taylor song. So,
3: mm-hmm. some beastly song. The irony of that song is it's his best song, and all the other hits that James Taylor has, he didn't write, but he wrote that one, and it's like the best one he has. It was mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, it's like, and when I say flying machine, I guess maybe plane is uh, connecting it to the dream concept. It's it's almost it's almost as much a hot air balloon as it is a plane, or it's almost like you know those sketches that you see of Leonardo da Vinci trying to come up with the helicopter long before Mm -hmm. the helicopter, where it's just like some kind of weird, almost steampunk concept of this thing that has fins and propellers everywhere that might take you up. It's like, there's no, because there's no blueprint for anybody. You know, you can look to, when you have the dream, I don't think it has to just be music. I think when you have the dream of doing something creative and, and living off of your heart and your mind, you know, there, there's a, blueprint only in that you can look up to the sky and see people that have gotten up there, but you're not going to be able to just replicate what they did. You're going to have to find your own way. You're going to have to, you know, go to home Depot and find your own tools to to build something that, you know, it's a, it's a very, very fragile concept, especially when you take it to the specific uh, comparison to writing songs, you know, most of the songs you try to write probably won't get in the air. You know, that, that either you're going to toss it aside because you're not a fan of it or it, it will get, you know, especially for me, my process is a lot of, it's a lot of music before it kind of bottlenecks to what actually comes out, you know, but that's kind of been the thing that I've been pursuing and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's been a long journey. It's terrifying. It's always, even before I had the Flying Machines concept as, as an EP, I've kind of always described my career as like, I always see like about a mile of runway left, you know, before I think like, all right, well, here we are. And then some wind will come and I get some more altitude Mm-hmm. You know, you never know.
1: And I heard that kind of at the beginning of your career, there was a, an instance where the the flying machine almost didn't get off the ground. Um, South by Southwest 2013, right?
3: Oh, yeah, man. It was an <laughs> ugly night. I remember it well. It was, uh, it was right after. So South by was kind of my little attempt to get the engine started. I had like done a year of college. I showed back up for my sophomore year. I'd written all these new songs. I really was like, man, I can't, I think I got to take like one semester off and just like really try to do this for a little bit. And, uh, so I, I walked around South by and did some showcases. I had burned a little CD of some of the songs I had. I was handing it out to people and, you know, just trying to blindly find some way or someone who would kind of hear me out and, and give me a shot with something. And, um, like a week or two later, I was playing like a, a South by hangover showcase or some kind of little branded event like that at this place called, uh, Mohawk there off of Red River in Austin. And I had my backpack and I had my Gibson SG that I'd had for like my whole life. Uh, actually not, not for that. Let I me mean, probably like five years. But it was my, it was my baby. It was like the good guitar. And remember I had like a jacket or something. I took it in the green room, put the guitar down against the wall, put the backpack against the guitar, hung the jacket over the guitar and backpack and went down and, you know, was talking to people and then my show my you know little set was coming up. So I went up to the green room and there was just a jacket just laying flat on the ground which was like I just remember that that image in my mind of like oh someone didn't move my stuff somewhere safer because if they had they would take the jacket but they left the jacket it was like ah <sighs> oh. and uh which is actually really strange telling this story right now on the day that I'm actually getting my car fixed which was broken into while I was just in Mexico luckily they didn't take anything because I've learned better than to leave anything that I hold precious uh, anywhere <laughs> within reach of people yeah um anyways uh yeah so that stuff was gone and i thought that was it i was like okay so this is the universe clearly signaling to me that this is not this is not going to work out which oddly was i think the day before within the week that this uh uh blog called pigeons and planes which there's another weird serendipitous thing to that title the blog was called pigeons and planes they're still a great blog uh owe them a lot they they were the first people to take this little song called white lies that i put on soundcloud that probably had five plays and take a chance on it because they liked it and it, it created this big moment for me that was really the beginning of my of my life and of my little plane getting into the air
1: mm. that's amazing the serendipity that happened there the bad um immediately preceding the good like that
3: i guess the thing Wait. i have to em- emphasize actually that i don't think i made correct story was that in the backpack was the computer and the hard drive that was all of the music i had ever made so that was all <sighs> yeah that's the thing i gotta clarify it wasn't just like oh i got my guitar stolen bum bummer story it was like no, no no every hour and second i had spent recording and making the music was now gone so whatever i had cr- up on soundcloud existed anything else did not exist it was gone
1: and this is like pre-cloud so- era too right look,
3: I'm an idiot. I should have backed
1: the drive up.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was Dropbox, I guess, whatever, you know, but that's the, you know, it was still like, it, it happens to so many people, you know, you, you don't back. I mean, now I back stuff up a lot more meticulously, but it can happen. Mm -hmm. It can happen.
2: Wait. So what, what happened after that? Did you find a way to play something
3: or were you just like not going to happen? I mean, you mean, Oh, for the show? Yeah. Like immediately after you were like, everything's gone. Oh, I mean, yeah. You want to get into the, I mean, this, this is what a freaking sad movie this, I literally walk onto the stage where there's another act in the middle kind of, of their set, but they're my friends. It was like rappers in Austin. I, I need to tell this part of the story. I've actually never been asked about this. I literally walk on stage and at first the audience and the band is like, Oh shoot, what up? Max is going to like sit in or something. I'm like, give me the mic. They're between songs. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, My shit was up in the fucking. I'm like, my shit was up in the fucking room. (laughs) One of you motherfuckers saw what the fuck happened. I'm like, did anybody see some? I'm fucking tweaking. I'm like, who the? I'm losing it. I'm losing it because I'm like, all I know, I know everyone in this venue, not everyone, but I knew, I knew every artist that was gonna play. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who got in there? And you know, I asked everybody. No one saw anything. You know, it was there was a lot of people from out of town in both from South by kind of hangover stuff, and then they also had the Texas Relay in, which the Texas Relay in Austin for that week is there's people from all over the.
2: It was those fucking runners, it was the damn runners.
3: Someone, someone fast. Never trust a runner. <laughs> someone really fast. Yeah, a sprinter. So yeah, I never, I never, dude. I mean, I, yeah, never even saw a peep of that stuff. You know, which obviously I don't assume anyone I knew had anything to do with that. It was more just like I just got on stage and was like, someone must have seen something like this just happened. What's going on? But, you know, that that venue had like three ways out from upstairs right there. There was no one hanging out upstairs. I think someone was just perusing around. It was a free event, too. So I think it was just one of those things, you know, but it was it really was a tragedy. But Mm -hmm. then, yeah, fast forward to like literally three weeks later, a month later, I'm sitting I'm going to New York for the first time in my life, and I'm sitting in the, you know, the the main building with the head of Atlantic Records talking about a song, specifically White Lies, that I didn't even really, I didn't have the stems for it anymore. It was like, well, this song is, this song, and it's got this magic, we can't replicate it, so I guess we're just going to put this out. I mean, it's my mix that came out. My little, you know, laptop bounce. Mm -hmm. Someone was just like, you don't need this stuff, you're good. Which I've actually had, you know (laughs) it's weird? I, I almost, in a way... And again, I this is gonna just make me sound like I'm bad with with backing my stuff up, which I definitely am. It's it's happened to me a couple of times. But one time it wasn't my fault. A friend of mine accidentally wiped the drive. I had just done a session with this band called Wild Child that's that's based in Austin. And the demo bounce of a song called Sinking Ships, they ended up having to release the demo bounce. And they almost didn't even put it on the on the record because it was like oh, there's so much more we would have done to this. And what we bounced that day is literally what I had the band do that day. But there was something to it. There was something to that bounce. And that song's got like 60 million streams now. I really recommend you check that piece of music out. It's really good. It's called Sinking Ships by Child. I'm sorry, not, sorry. Wildchild, am I crazy? I'm typing in their name and, oh, I gotta go to artists. Hold, please. Yeah, Wildchild. Check out Sinking Ships. It's almost got 60 oh, million Oh yeah. place. This song is a jam. I've got,
2: I've got some some likes of I've got some songs of theirs in my in my liked playlist.
3: Sometimes I wonder, man, if I had only just gotten rid of my hard drive the day after I recorded most of the songs, would they be doing better? I'm like, I don't, maybe that's the magic recipe is throw the uh-huh. hard drive away the second you have something bounced. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it Sometimes, happens yeah. to anybody, too. I, You know, the story of uh, Green Day's American Idiot is that they were working on an album called Cigarettes and Valentines and somebody like broke into the studio and stole all of the uh, um all of the demos and they're like, well, uh, we're going to do something brand new, just throw out all the ideas. And that's where American idiot came from.
3: No kidding.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Well,
3: I'd recommend to most people that they back up their stuff, but yeah, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's all fun. Aside from that, don't fuck up. You'll be be really sad when you lose weeks or years of of time.
1: Oh Yeah. Back in college, uh, we had to leave our apartment for like two weeks while they did like renovations. And I just like I had like a bunch of my stuff just, you know, in in one of those like target storage things. And I like put my laptop in there like at the bottom thinking like it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I came back. Nothing else was touched. My laptop was gone. Ugh. They like went through like, the guys renovating just like went through all our stuff. Apparently, That's what I would have done. I
3: use in my show, <laughs> my live show, I use a reel-to-reel tape player as like part, no of the, like part of the show. And I just found one recently in a flea market that was like a, it's like a late 60s or early 70s one that folds up in a case so you can carry it around, which is always, it's always difficult to find one that you know, it's easy to travel with to, for like a flying gig or something, right? So I mm-hmm. find one the other day and I bought it and it was in the car uh, this past week when it was broken into. Know. It was the only thing in there. And they didn't take it. And I'm almost kind of offended. Like, I'm almost kind of like, Like, this is kind of a nice, I mean, this thing's kind of nice. Like, I almost kind of wish I could go back, like, come on, dude. I mean, this is a nice, you didn't want that. Someone was there just like, (laughs) he gets back in the, I pictured the guy, because I mean, it was, they did it so fast. I think that whoever broke the window to check the car out wasn't the one driving. And like, he got back in the car and his buddy was like, was there nothing in there? And he's like, no, man, (laughs) (laughs) he busted
2: and looked inside. He's like, oh
3: oh right. been some old man's car it was just a bunch of crinkled receipts and like in and out burger bags and just some tape player this guy was a bum they left it was a, the wrong
2: car they left, a, they left a note that said sorry
3: <laughs> the first time i've ever experienced that like a fence that someone didn't take i'm like really <laughs> do
2: you know what this is do you know who i am
3: it's a 60 dollar it was a 60 dollar thing so i'm I'm glad they didn't take it. I liked the tape player, but I thought it was bizarre. That they didn't take something. I mean, they had, they like really took their time. Anyways,
1: <laughs> they put in That's the effort, effort to break in.
3: Yeah. And they were like, Oh, there's a K mysterious vintage looking case. No, we don't want that. <laughs> it's like, I don't, as far as I can tell, they didn't take anything.
2: It was just about the window. They just cracked the window. Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> just ASMR. I, I love doing that. <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh that's going to that's going to get me through the
3: weekend for all I know. That's what they, they may have just been like on some <laughs> fight club running around bashing windows thing.
1: I don't know. Chaos. It could have been Beyonce doing her lemonade shit walking down the sidewalk. Was, she,
2: she, was, <laughs> she was she was lemonading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, before we come up to the end of the interview portion, I really wanted to talk about this because I, I saw that you started doing this in quarantine and it's just kind of incredible. So for anybody who doesn't know, go on TikTok and follow Max Frost uh, you do these amazing style mashups where it's just like, uh, Billie Eilish in the style of Pink Floyd, Eminem in the style of the Gorillas, and you really take your time. You're out there, you're playing every instrument, like you're really thinking about stylistically how this band or artist would do it. How did that idea it's come masterful. about? Yes, it is. That is a good word for it. How did you like? How did this project start for you?
3: I, I appreciate that. It's I can't fully take credit for it as a concept. It's something I've seen other uh very talented musicians do on tiktok that i just thought to myself oh i think i could do that i think i could compete at that you know and i think i i think i may have kind of slowly through i mean first of all i had i mean i I have a knack for because i have a knack specifically for impersonating people vocally both like talking in life and for singing and i think you know i have a pretty good grasp of how to do production but mainly i mean i spent so much time doing that stuff i mean i you're naming the, a couple of the ones that really went super viral, but there was, I mean, I've probably done a hundred of those things and each one takes three to five hours at least between figuring it out, recording it and making it. So I i, I definitely ground, I, I sort of grinded my way. I like picked the lane and just grinded my way to being sort of like known as the, the TikTok mashup guy, which is weird after having like spent so many years of my life, you know, working and recording all this original music going on all these tours with these bands and you know, every once in a while in my life, someone will recognize me. And then all of a sudden it's become like, Hey, you're that guy on TikTok, right? You're like, I've seen the mashups. And I'm like, Oh, wow. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's a different road, but, uh, you know, it's been fun. I just kind of, you know, I love doing it. It's, it's a blast. It's like trying to, I know it's going to be a good one when the con when the idea of it in my head kind of makes me laugh. Like there has to be something kind of ridiculous about it, but also kind of, uh, like, yeah, maybe that would be pretty good. And it, 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 I try to find, Mashup ideas that land in this world of like, the I guess I call it like it's like finding the magic of a far-reaching song DNA. It's like if you took a song and dropped it into Twenty Three and Me, where would sort of the origins? The, what are the distant origins of this thing's DNA that you might be able to link from like mm-hmm. Billy Eilish to Pink Floyd or to David Bowie or something like that? Because I also I also kind of look at songs, great songs especially that way of like a great song when you boil it down could really have existed in in almost any form and almost Mm -hmm. from any artist, you know? So I guess it's kind of an experiment of that too.
1: And uh, the thing is like you, you notice that uh, pop songwriting is just that like it, it has its uh, um, no matter what the genre sounds like a good song has like the same DNA, like you said, as you know, another song. And (laughs) I just want to mention this. Like I just this morning discovered your uh, um, notorious B.I.G. in the style of the Ramones which yeah. is incredibly good. And the way that you described uh, the vocals was uh, Kermit the Frog on cocaine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've learned to start being careful with those because they've gotten, you know, they're different, you know, and, and, and those get sent around and I've multiple times. In fact, I specifically know that the ones that I do of the killers, Brandon Flowers is not on TikTok, but he definitely has seen those because mm-hmm. I, I know this guy who who turns out is like works deep in the killers and is like you know works every day with him he's like oh man he loves those i show him all the time but luckily i didn't say you know sometimes i just say kind of like snide comments about the singer i'm like oh I basically sound like a uh, you know drunk british guy who's uh you know what i just say something weird about the way that they kind of sing i'm just throwing it out there i'm not like so i don't mean it to be like insulting but sometimes i'm kind of like oh, i should be careful with that if they're maybe gonna actually see it
2: <laughs> the description's weird but it's not wrong <laughs>
1: wasn't that uh, the description kind of Guy is
3: actually from las vegas yeah. a mormon <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure brendan flowers doesn't listen to our show so i'm gonna just say whatever i want about him
3: yeah i think that's i think we're he'll safe we're in a safe he, place yeah he he'll wishes he was born
1: british he
2: really does I'm, I'm sure he's got a sense of humor about he's him. better oh,
3: yeah. at sounding he's british good. than most of the british bands yeah 100 percent it kind it's of adopted how, him I mean, it washed over me so hard I, I honestly didn't know he wasn't british until i started doing the mashups i'm like oh yeah i mean obviously he's like a british guy blood. i'm like wait they're from las vegas
2: that part yes when i was like <laughs> they're from the fucking desert shut up not only
1: are-
3: when look- oh sorry he's like he's like i don't know how old he is now but he's got to be i mean this guy's been having hits since i was in middle school he looks younger mm-hmm. than he looks 25 he looks incredible
2: he yeah he's like started look he somehow looked better the older he got
3: mm-hmm. he's so handsome I can't say
1: yep. it. it's they're the slow so transformation into zaddy it's happening he was always plastered on my myspace wall
3: <laughs> my dream is to do one that's so good and that reaches the artist so many times that they're finally just like all right I'm actually going to perform this cover in my show or something like that like I, would, <laughs> if I could actually be the one to like catalyze you know like I, I really think that the killers should cover friends in Low places by Garth Brooks because I thought that was that version of it was i like they could they sh- seriously should do this song this would kill Maybe have half half they they would, would like what is this? They wouldn't even know it. That would fit so well into their set. They know that song. They must know that song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't think that they're going to do WAP. They're not going to actually do that
1: song. But <laughs> they might do Friends in the Places. I think Yeah, I think WAP <laughs> would be against Brennan's Brennan's religion. All right, we're coming to the end of the interview portion, <laughs> yes. but I wanted to ask one more question really quick before we switch gears, and I want to come back to the idea of dreams and mm-hmm. manifesting our dreams. What is something for the group? that you never thought was possible that ultimately came true for you
3: i could name a lot of things i mean it t- i guess i think the first thing that comes to mind is just some of the interactions uh that i've had with people that i mean really for me were beyond heroes they were just they're they're gods that to me d- didn't even exist as people until i got these amazing chances to as brief as it was be around them i mean the first one was quincy jones And that happened because of a super talented singer that I was working with for a while named Nikki Yanofsky, who, I don't know if she still is, but she was managed by him and his company at the time. And Nikki and I would go to his house and write uh, songs in LA. He's got this like, like insane place, staked out on top of Beverly Hills. And, and then one night I finally was like, I got it. Like, come on. Like the house is so big. I never saw him. I'd just be in there writing, you know? And uh, I finally actually got to, have a hang with him and eat some chips and salsa and sit around for a couple hours. And it was so it was me, it was Quincy Jones, and it was Nikki, and it was this guy, Jacob Collier, who has recently, I think, oh, kind
2: of, oh my God, he's amazing.
3: So at the time, dude, this is like 2017, maybe even early. This might have been 2016. 20, I don't know when this was. Yeah, Jacob Collier was like 20, I think he was 20 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And I knew who he was because I'd seen some of the YouTube videos. I think he did like a TED talk, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, now he's like, as an artist, he's, t- I mean, it's almost like his. Cause the thing that I came to understand in that hang, cause I'd seen his YouTube videos of him doing all these mm. harmonies and stuff, but I was like, there must be a trick to that. Or he's, you know, I, you never know until so you're around someone in, in person and you really see, watch them play. And I'm sitting and he's like, you know, 10, 12 feet away from me. He's playing piano jamming and Quincy Jones is sitting right next to me. And every like two minutes, Quincy Jones leans over to me and he goes, man, I'm telling you, I met everybody. And that is the baddest motherfucker i've ever met in my life like, he was like pointing at him being like that guy's a fucking badass and I, I was like yeah he he is a, he is a beast so that so that 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 hang with quincy was incredible and it was just you know, to get to ask him questions and all that stuff that was a dream come true the second one was elton john i, I wrote this song that never came to pass mm. that uh that uh dj mustard for a while uh had a sweet tooth for he wanted to use it as a single for him and he wanted to at first we were like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And then he said, oh, we want to get Elton John on the song. I was like, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Holy shit! And then he did, he was able to do that. And then I flew to London to sort of like vocal produce the session, whatever that means when it's Elton John and Elton John came in and <laughs> was like wearing his jewels and his stuff. And I was the guy standing there like, Hey, yeah, cool. Let's, let's do this. He got in the booth and I was like hitting the talk back button being like, okay, that one sounded good, sir. Elton, let's try it this way. And all that." it was like, I was like, kind of directing acting coaching like uh, this this you know like uh, it's like not even a real person you know but but it's yeah it really is that's so that, i guess that's the stuff to me that never i wouldn't be, i wouldn't believe me if i told me that if i told my you know 18 year old self that that was going to happen i'd be like you're full of shit that did not happen yeah
2: what about you pedro i guess um, just sort of making a making a living doing something like creative that i actually love so like acting like actually being able to work and like get paid to do that is like a pretty big dream that I was like really hoping would come true but never really thought but it's you know a pretty regular thing now which I love but also like just being such a fan of music actually getting to talk to artists that I admire and that I follow mm. and through this show I've been able to talk to like that's nuts I've been able to like sit and like have a drink with these people um and there's been so many on this show that I'm like I, I can't believe we're talking to this person So just those things, like just being able to being that close to all the things as a kid that I just sort of revered and was so like above me um, and actually like being sort of a part of it um, is is pretty amazing.
1: I'm going to steal yours because that's exactly, you know, being a part of the Atwood magazine team and just getting to not only talk to the artists that I love, but getting a chance to elevate uh, new artists who, you know, I'm. I'm not the one out there writing music, but I do have a following and I can use that following to be like, Hey, this person's art's amazing. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I love to yeah. do. That's my Maybe dream. To
3: those two together. Just, just as out of curiosity for you guys. Cause I mean, both of those of mine were just like total starstruck moments for me. Like who, what's the most starstruck you guys have ever been on this podcast?
2: Oh shit. Oh man. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know if I'd call it starstruck, but it was just like, super high points for me among so many of the artists we've talked to have been like, like I've been a fan of like Dent May for so long. Mm-hmm. Getting to talk to him was, was such a thrill. Um, Hoodie Allen also just major fan. We just, we just interviewed him recently and I like, he, he was amazing. Um, we got to talk to uh, uh, the drummer of Mastodon, Bron Taylor. Daylor. Yep. Bron um, Taylor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, it's, it's just crazy. And then like, there's also like people we've been talking to about scheduling stuff and just the fact that we're even talking to them about possibly having them on the show is like uh, no spoilers. But yeah, like there's people who I'm like so into their music and the prospect of being able to talk to them is just fucking insane. Um, but also like I I love being able to like make a drink and like give them something like we did this for you. That's like a huge
3: thrill. You guys both live in L.A. Mm-hmm. most of the time. I'm- have you, have you noticed how strange it is how now uh people will have stories about being starstruck by someone where it's like were you really like they'll be like you know that guy on tiktok who like has the dog that like this and like yeah like i ran into that guy it was crazy they're like they would like yeah like that that guy with the cat that or just some, like something on from tiktok or something we're like we've invented this new realm of fame now with the internet that's so yeah. like so paper thin but people will be like yeah i like ran into that guy it was nuts dude yeah <laughs>
2: I'd be like, was it nuts or did
3: you walk by them? Like you were moved, (laughs) like you were moved physically by this.
2: No, that's, that's like, that's definitely something that I, I, I always think is like so weird. I'm like, I'm like, you, you saw this person on the street, you stopped them and you took a photo with them. Was it crazy? Uh, Like, was it, was it crazy? Which is, which is the big difference between that and like this, like we sit with them, we talk with them, we actually like get into who they are as people
3: that's that's what starstruck is to me it's not really about their fame it's like you're just intimidated by their brain you're just like completely oh their brain has done these things that it's done and their brain is working at this place it's working at yeah it's just really insane for the spot i think of like that eye of mordor and lord of the rings like it's like for the (laughs) fact that their that their consciousness their eye like that that same perception is on you for a second is Mm -hmm. so bizarre it's like exactly i Mm -hmm. don't even want that that's crazy
1: that's what it is. <laughs> the most starstruck I've been in LA wasn't for a musician. It was a very it was for a very niche um YouTube per- personality who she makes uh, uh media criticism videos where she gets into like you know, feminist theory and like things that you can glean from watching these movies or engaging with this type of media. And I worked with her on a shoot and I'm like, I literally never do this, but I'm like such a huge fan of your, your video essays. Like, can we get a picture together? And I think like, that's the kind of starstruck I get. It's like you said, it's, it's your brain is so amazing. Like I, I really appreciate what you do. And also just to like add to that, uh, people I've been most starstruck from on this show, the Aces for sure. I've been a huge fan of them for ages. They were
2: so fun.
1: Yes, but also I wasn't kidding earlier. Your song "Good Morning" was my alarm song for a whole year. So, <laughs> it's it's a pleasure getting to talk to you today.
3: It's been a pleasure to to, to be on. I really this has been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: And we have one more thing we need to do before we say goodbye. Who would like to play some hashtag mood? I'm down. <laughs> we Thank you, as always, Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for that amazing hashtag mood jingle. What is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is that game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we're going to do now is go over to the Toons and Tumblers hotline, where we have been given messages from guests telling us how they've been feeling, stories in their life, times that they have been starstruck by the dog that they follow on TikTok. We're going to listen to one of those, and we are going to create the ultimate playlist to match that mood. And I think Drew has a couple picked out for us. Let's let's do this one that came in uh, yesterday.
2: Hi, my name is Christelle. Shout out to producer Drew. He's my boyfriend. Um, with all of the awful news that we've received as a country over the last few months, I would like a playlist of songs to listen to for when we feel downtrodden or hopeless and afraid. So I want to know what songs pick you up and make
3: you feel brave.
2: Thanks everyone. All right. Um, I'm choosing a song called let it go by lonely Benson. It's just this song about feeling overwhelmed and like I was trying to do too much. And just, he's basically, it's basically just this mantra of like, don't, um, keep letting it all like get to your head. Just let it go. And it's like a really nice little bouncy song. It's pretty. I really like it. And it always kind of, it always kind of lifts my spirits.
1: So I got this playlist on Apple Music called All Swagger, and the picture is Jeff Goldblum in a leather jacket, and it just says hashtag swag on it. So I got Hate a it. bunch on there by Notorious <laughs> B.I.G., um, Run the Jewels, just like things that make me feel like a badass. But if I'm going to pick mm. like, the mood that you're going for there, Pedro, there's this song by um, this new punk band called Meet Me at the Altar uh, called Garden. And it's a song about like picking up somebody who's going through a really hard time and just saying like, I'm always going to be there for you. So that's that mood. But if you're giving, if if I'm doing my swagger where I'm just like, I'm on my shit, like I really, uh, I feel great. I'm going to go with boom by X ambassadors. It's just, it's a stomping around. Nice. <laughs> yes, it is a stomping around song. Um, my feet go boom, 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 walking away from you. Damn. Fucking love it. Got that bass line. This like great guitar hook, go for it. Boom, ex ambassadors.
3: So I think I've got two. You. One is this a song called The Suburbs by Arcade Fire mm. that uh, was the leading track off that album. That's a jam and a half. But it's I feel like it's not exactly like to me it gives me a sense of it picks me up, but it's also got this sense of like we're we're moving forward and through an insane world. Um and then there's another actually it's a song called up From Below by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros that I think might have been the title track off that... No, it's not the title track off that EP, is it? Edward Sharp. Let's see. Maybe it is... Yep, it is the title track off the 2009... Title track off the 2009 album from Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. <laughs> <laughs> i on <laughs> this mic, talking about songs that are that... NDA forgot to like, I'm probably resigning in the Worthing now final. <laughs> <laughs> like this final tap boy. That's so perfect. Those are my two. Hope that those hope those work.
1: Crystal, hopefully you like this playlist that we got for you. And hopefully things start getting better before they get worse. Well, everyone, thank you so much for coming into the bar with us today. But it's that time the lights are turning on, the music has stopped um we're noticing now just how dirty every surface in the bar is it's last call before we go max do you have anything you'd like to plug any lingering thoughts from our talk today
3: not necessarily you know i got a show coming up in los angeles here august 25th uh at the troubadour i think it's going to be a blast uh i got another single coming out called life is just a movie that i think is one of my favorite songs i've done in a long time i think it's going to be you know, a little bit of a, a step forward from the EP, but also kind of, you know, in that vein. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a blast.
1: Yeah, thank you for being here. Thanks this has been a lot of fun. And Do you guys play Closing Time at the end of the podcast? Oh, we don't have the rights to that, <laughs> They won't give us the damn rights.
3: <laughs> That's an expensive tune. Yeah, I it is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the dream Is to just write that one song That does enough stink that you don't have to do anything anymore
2: Or we'll just like We'll just have someone sort of like Bootleg it and just be like Time to go (laughs) One last
1: (laughs) One last call for liquor and beer Oh well thank you all For listening to Tunes and Tumblers Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast And a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network Be sure to follow us Atwood and pantheon on every platform also please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your pods it helps us out a lot and if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom you can find a link where you can support the pod directly every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks tunes and tumblers was produced as always by drew franz Blau. our theme song is by new new girlfriend our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from jacob jeffries and jesse mcginty and until next time cheers cheers
0: helping people is what drew me to the profession of pharmacy. Nobody wants to take medications, right? They need to take them to feel better. And people need a pharmacist who'll listen, who cares about them, and will take time to explain. Nothing's more important to me than patient care. And I'm grateful to work for a like-minded company. Actually, I don't just work here. I'm an owner. And you can be too. Come see what it's like to work for Kinney Drugs, an employee-owned, patient-centric company. It's why I became a pharmacist in the first place. Kinneydrugs.com.